Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Hidden Hobbies. Yes, that name isn't the best, but it's what I came up with. Anyway, I am your host, Hannah, technically a freshman at Simpson College here in Indianola, and this is, as I said before, my very first show ever. So please give me some grace. It may not be the smoothest radio show you've ever heard, but I hope you'll listen anyway. So the idea for this show, if you don't know already, is based on one of my favorite questions to ask when I want to get to know someone better. What is your favorite thing in the whole world that maybe not a lot of people know about? Honestly, most people I meet have a pretty interesting answer to this very open-ended question. It gives people the chance to talk about something that they never really get to bring up in a normal day-to-day conversation. And it gives me, the listener, a better idea of who they are and what they care about. So when I decided to make a radio show and couldn't really think of much, I remembered this prompt and all of the interesting answers it's given me over the years. From I'm really into European handball to I'm obsessed with rhythm-based video games. Or have you ever heard of the British History Podcast? It usually doesn't disappoint. So I wanted to do a radio show that gave people the place to share what they love to give them the space to totally geek out about something they don't often get to. Now, I hear you going, Hannah, what if I don't have any of these special interests, these hidden hobbies, if you will? Well, that's okay. You are one of the reasons I decided to do this show. You are the listeners, and I hope that through listening, you can not only learn about others and things you've probably never heard of before, but also I hope that listening inspires you to check out some of the things that your fellow humans find joy in. Or maybe just try something new. And who knows, maybe you'll find a new obsession yourself. Regardless, I hope you'll listen and I hope you enjoy episode one of Hidden Hobbies. Okay, let's jump in. So, obviously, as this is my first episode of Hidden Hobbies, I do not have a guest, which means you all get to hear me nerd out about one of my favorite things in the whole world. Was this show just a ploy to get people to listen to me? Maybe. (laughs) And just a little heads up. This show will usually be about an hour long, but will probably run a little shorter today as it is just me. So, one of my favorite things in the whole world is this little Japanese manga slash anime series from like 2006 called Natsume's Book of Friends, sometimes called Natsume and the Book of Friends or Natsume Yujinsho. It is hands down my favorite anime slash manga ever. It just is. 
Now, before you run away from the fear of being very lost the entire time, don't worry, I will do my best to explain some words, phrases, and concepts that seem pretty normal to me that probably confuse about half the listeners. So, starting with the basics, an anime, if you don't know, is just a term that describes a Japanese cartoon or animation. It's kind of a catch-all term, so there are a whole bunch of different genres and animation styles that all fall under the basic category of anime. Some anime is made for adults, some for children, and many for all ages. Chances are, if you've seen one anime and found you didn't really like it, while it's completely valid to just not like something, there is also the chance you just watched a bad one. It's like watching Fifty Shades of Grey or something and swearing off romance movies forever. There's also kind of a stigma around anime in general, that it's this weird, loud, possibly sketchy cartoon It's not even in English, and that anime fans are all social rejects that live off Mountain Dew and Doritos living in their parents' basement. And while this may hold true in a few instances, a lot of anime holds really good stories and characters that just happen to be in a medium that's drawn rather than filmed. And most anime fans are actually pretty normal people. Manga, a term I used a little earlier, is the same catch-all term that refers to the comics or graphic novels that many anime are based on. Now, Natsume's Book of Friends is my favorite anime, and would you believe that even in the anime-watching community, I swear like two people have ever even heard of it? Honestly, it might be because it's pretty old. The first manga came out around 2005 or 2006, I believe, and the first episode of the anime came out around 2008. Not ancient, but not exactly new and exciting. Another reason might be that because of its age and genre, um, being shoujo, meaning a type of story marketed toward adolescent-slash-teenage girls instead of the more popular shonen, the genre which is targeted toward adolescent-slash-teenage boys, there wasn't much of an American audience, at least, for Natsume Yujinjo when it first came out, and thus it fell into anime obscurity. Or maybe I'm just not very good and I have bad taste. I don't know. But regardless of the reason, Natsume book, Natsume's Book of Friends remains, at least what I believe, is a hidden gem to this day. Okay, time to get into it. What is Natsume's Book of Friends about? And what makes it so special? To me, at the very least. Natsume's Book of Friends follows a high school boy named Takashi Natsume and follows the various adventures and mishaps that occur in his day-to-day -day life. Natsume's parents both died when he was very young, and so he spent most of his life being passed around from relative to distant relative for various lengths of time and reasons. In Natsume's story, the consequences of his upbringing leave him inc incredibly quiet, reserved, and opinionless. Not violent or hateful, as would 
perhaps be expected from such a childhood. The reason for this, on top of Natsume's Book of Friends simply being a fictional story, is also because throughout his entire life, Natsume had always viewed those who took him in as kind people that eventually would grow to hate him. He blamed himself for the, for the neglect he experienced because, well, from the day he was born, Natsume had always been able to see the Japanese spirits and entities, creatures called yokai, that others could not. Alright, how do I explain yokai? Well, the Wikipedia page for yokai says, Yokai are a class of supernatural entities and spirits in Japanese folklore, and that the word for yokai is composed of the kanji for attractive calamity and apparition, mystery, suspicious. That they are spirits and entities whose behaviors can range from malevolent or mischievous to friendly, fortuitous, or helpful to humans. So basically, yokai can range from evil and definitely going to eat your firstborn if you accidentally come across it, to a kind soul that will purify the forest of evil if a human asks. Most normal people cannot see them, and therefore don't really believe they exist. Well, they certainly exist in Natsume's world. He's been dealing with these creatures that bother him and make him a bother to those around him his whole life. He doesn't want to react to the yokai, but when they keep jumping out to scare him for fun or threaten to eat him, he has to. And when he does, the people around him see him as weird and creepy. A liar always begging for attention because he's an orphan. So at this point, you're probably thinking... Wow, Hannah, this show sounds really depressing and kind of scary. Well, <laughs> believe it or not, especially after everything I just said, it's actually not. The whole story of Natsume Yujincho follows Natsume's life after all of this. The story begins with him being taken in by a very kind older couple who never had children of their own. He promised himself that he wouldn't cause them any trouble this time around, and that he wouldn't tell them about the yokai he sees. He didn't want to bother them, scare them, or make them worry about him. So, in this new town Natsume finds himself in, strangely, every yokai he encounters seems to know him, and they all seem to have a pretty strong grudge against him, and they're all calling him Reiko, a woman's name, for some reason. Well, this doesn't seem good. Right after he vowed to tell no one in this new place about the things he sees, they all seem to want him dead. Or at least they want something from him. Through a series of events, Natsume learns that Reiko was actually his grandmother, and she grew up in the very town in which he is now a resident. Reiko could apparently see yokai too, and would challenge them or coerce them into giving her their names. When a yokai writes down their name, the paper they write it on becomes a reflection of themselves. The owner of the paper can then use it to call upon, control, and even destroy the yokai whenever they wanted to. His grandmother, Reiko, would challenge every yokai she met and never lost.
she put all of their names into a mysterious book titled, you guessed it, The Book of Friends. So now every yokai in town is attacking Natsume to get control of this book of friends, which Natsume unknowingly had had in his few possessions he would take with him from place to place. Some of the yokai want the power of the book of friends to control all of the yokai within. Some simply want their names back as they lack their full power without it and are afraid of someone misusing their name. Natsume doesn't really have any interest in controlling yokai, but he also doesn't really want to give the book away. After all, it's one of his few mementos he has of his family and grandmother, who was apparently just like him. Also, the yokai who are after it never look particularly trustworthy. In the first episode, while running away from an angry yokai, he accidentally stumbles upon and breaks the barrier of a yokai that had long been sealed away, presumably because they were dangerous. The ground shakes and the shrine which was holding the dangerous yokai opens up and reveals a calico cat and a fat one too. And then the cat speaks and says something about Natsume being an impudent human before recognizing Natsume as Reiko Natsume, to which he then explains that he is Takashi Natsume, her grandson. The cat then explains to Natsume what he knew about Reiko and her book of friends. I'll spare you the rest of the episode for now, but through a series of events, the cat, which Natsume eventually calls Nyanko-sensei, decides to teach Natsume about the Book of Friends and act as his bodyguard, as his true form is much grander than his current lucky cat-esque form, in exchange for ownership of the Book of Friends when Natsume dies. Now, if you're anything like me, you're probably thinking, why doesn't this cat just not protect Natsume and take the book for himself? But it's subtly explained that Nyanko-sensei is hanging around just for the fun of it. Humans don't live for very long after all, and hanging out with Reiko's grandson might be a good source of entertainment for a while. While well, Nyanko-sensei helps... With Nyanko-sensei's help, he learns how to not take the names from the yokai like his grandmother once did, but return them to their rightful owners. And every time he returns a name, his mind floods with the memories of his late grandmother from the time she wrote the yokai's name. Memories long forgotten. Memories that hold within just who his grandmother was and who Natsume is. So this is the basic plot of Natsume and the Book of Friends. And just a little heads up, if you did miss the uh, kind of beginning of this and the train wreck that it absolutely was, I will be uploading a podcast version onto Spotify uh, within a couple of days so you can listen to the whole thing and maybe understand what's going on. I'm going to take a sip of water here so I don't die of thirst. Lovely. All right. The author of the original manga, Yuki Midorikawa, states, I came up with Natsume for a bi-monthly manga magazine as a story that could work with each episode as a standalone. End quote. 
This continued to hold true even as the comic was adapted to television. Each episode of Natsume and the Book of Friends, save for the rare two-parter episodes in later seasons, is an open and closed story within itself. Natsume, Nyanko-sensei, and the basic cast around them stay the same, but many of the yokai he encounters we only ever see in that particular episode. This decision, while it gives readers and those watching the chance to jump in on the story whenever they want, also gives the show a very unique aura. Many cartoons and shows in general that run in the standalone episode format are comedies. A building might explode in one episode and then be completely fine in the next, or a character may have a shocking revelation about themselves only to completely forget it in the next episode and so on. Nothing needs to remain permanent, and you can jump in for a laugh whenever you feel like it. In Natsume's Book of Friends, however, this standalone format contributes to one of the largest emotions driving the atmosphere of the show. One of fleeting connections. One of coming and going. One of ever-changing life. Natsume Yujinjo is a very reflective anime. It's one of my favorite things about it, and the reason it stands out to me so much. It could have been so easy for Natsume and the Book of Friends to just be this campy, spooky, action-packed show about a boy who sees, well, what basically amounts to ghosts. And those are super fun and great, and I love them to death. But what stands out to me about Natsume Yujinjo is that that's not all there is, or even a large part of what makes the show so memorable. The show combines these lighter elements with a strong vibe and feeling that's very nostalgic and introspective and a little bit melancholy. The whole show focuses on the individual stories of the characters, human or yokai, although usually yokai. In most episodes, you meet a yokai who's heard about the Book of Friends, or needs Natsume to solve a problem for them, or wants their name back, or just wants to eat Natsume, etc. And we then learn about this yokai, what drives them, who they are, what they care about, and we begin to care about them too. Many episodes end with a happy, sad goodbye, reminding Natsume of all of his own goodbyes reminding him that goodbyes, even to yokai, are just as inevitable as they are in any kind of relationship. While Natsume runs in a standalone format, it does not by any means mean that there is no character development. We meet new characters that remain in the main cast in a few episodes, and every episode is pretty much devoted to teaching Natsume something about life. Yes, cheesy life lessons, but they're not really posed as black and white life lessons. It's kind of just an idea or thought about an interaction. It might spark in Natsume's mind and it leads to a slow progression of growth over time. For example, at the end of the first chapter in the manga, the first episode in the anime, Natsume states, or at least thinks to himself, I don't know if I can come to like them. 
them being yokai. But I think of it as, for better or worse, paths crossing in the web of life. It's pretty sentimental, isn't it? In the later seasons, Natsume begins to really find joy in his everyday life and in the people around him. In chapter 13 of the manga, Natsume tells Nyanko-sensei, I'm not as immune to goodbyes as I'm not as immune to goodbyes as tough guys like you might think. Not after I've come to care for them so much. That's why I want to cherish the things that are important to me. To which Nyanko-sensei appropriately responds with, I never get what you're saying. <laughs> Natsume is a very gentle and introspective soul. And even when he's annoyed or scared, he always ends up finding a way to help those around him, even if they maybe don't deserve it. I very much like his character a lot. As I mentioned before, Natsume Yujincho is a shoujo manga slash anime, which means it generally appeals to, in this specific case, teenaged girls. Just the idea that this show was made for girls is enough to turn away many potential viewers. You're telling me there are no action scenes or constant yelling, really long overarching story arcs or skeevy old men? I'm out. And that's fair if the former is your general cup of tea when it comes to anime. Natsume's a very far cry from the typical shonen. Some other commentators may mention how they find Natsume to be too feminine and unrelatable. Truly another fair point, but I don't know how important it is for this sad boy to reflect traditional masculinity. And if it makes you feel better, it is mentioned and poked fun at in-universe about how feminine he can be. After all, nearly every single yokai he meets mistakes him for his grandmother when she was young. And he does carry a cat around everywhere he goes, although his gentle and introspective nature is a very important part of his character. Natsume in the Book of Friends is also incredibly skilled at bouncing around and exploring different stories and emotions. Many episodes start off with light-hearted humor, or perhaps an intense chase scene of sorts, and many tell a whole story in less than 30 minutes. It's honestly baffling just how much gets packed into an episode without destroying the pacing. The pacing is phenomenal in every episode, and honestly, I could believe the 24 minutes was two hours in 24 minutes. Some may complain about this particular aspect of Natsume and the Book of Friends. Uh, one of my close friends, in fact, told me once that before I met her, she tried to watch it and found it incredibly boring. So, again, this isn't a show anyone is watching for the romance or action. It's a show about relationships and life and healing. <laughs> And, well, speaking of healing, this is yet another reason I love Natsume in the Book of Friends, and that is because of when I discovered it. Well, I first discovered Natsume in the Book of Friends, the spring-slash-summer after my junior year of high school. It had been a really hard year. 
And I'm not going to dive too deep into my personal life, but let's say everything that could have gone wrong felt like it did. I was taking a medication that toyed with my emotions, and it put me on edge all the time, and a couple of really important people and life mentors of mine died within a relatively short span of time, and I was also just really sick all winter, weak and dizzy and gasping for air all the time, from a sickness that I didn't fully recover from until it warmed up again. So that's where I was when I first discovered Natsume Yujincho. It was right after the end of junior year, and I was free to reflect on the year in the summer sun and green leaves. I stumbled upon the anime late one night while I should have been sleeping. I made it to the second episode and just broke down in tears. The the next day, looking at the green leaves, I felt peace. I felt an emotional release every time I looked at the bright early summer earth. The emotions portrayed in Natsume in the Book of Friends, along with skilled background artwork and absolutely lovely and mesmerizing soundtrack, helped me understand and vent some of my locked-up emotions from the previous winter. I'm not saying Natsume, Natsume's Book of Friends healed me, but it definitely helped me work through some stuff I didn't quite understand fully. It let me mourn fictional characters in a way that I couldn't really mourn my real life. And eventually, with time and real people and a change of medicine, I recovered. And I'm doing like a million percent better than I used than I was. So, and you know, part of this is because of Natsume Yujincho. In fact, one of my biggest takeaways from Natsume was, for some reason, the outdoors and also finding beauty in the simplicity of life. Which encouraged me to take a huge risk and take a gap year in the woods before coming to college. Uh, It was honestly the best time of my life, but I'm not about to start a whole new rant. I've gone on long enough. (laughs) And in all, Natsume Eugene Show is a show about growth and healing. It can be really funny and maybe a little spooky at times, but at its core, it's about a kid learning to cherish the time he has with the people he loves. He learns that people are multidimensional and good and and that it's just, ah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going off on a rant here. It shows that all people and yokai are multidimensional with unique motivations and outlooks on life. Someone may not be bad or good, just themselves. Natsume Eugenio both challenges the viewer to think, and it cradles them in the comfort of fun and hope. Again, maybe I'm just a nerd looking way too far into a fun little slice of life comic that never really took off. And I think maybe Natsume Eugenio just is what it is. It can be powerful or boring. It all depends on the viewer. So to you, the listener, I encourage you to at least give Natsume's Book of Friends a try. Or try something new. Or try that one thing you've been thinking about trying but haven't yet. 
Let this be your final push to pursue something new. You never know how it may change your life. Oh, and also, this is just my like personal opinion. Well, actually, this whole show has just been my personal opinion. But if you decide you'd like to watch Natsume's Book of Friends, please, please watch episode one and two, at least. Um, episode one basically sets up the whole story and plot. But episode two is really when it starts to take off. Honestly, honestly, after you watch episode one, you can pretty much watch any episode in the series, as long as it's not one of the, like, three two-parter episodes. Although I, I do recommend watching the episodes in order so as to grasp the slow growth of the series over time. Also, the animation changes a little bit around season three onwards, and it makes the characters generally more expressive. So it might be kind of, like, shocking if you watched an episode from season one and then from season five. Yes, there are six ep six seasons to this show. I got plenty of content. <laughs> um, it's just a fun little side note. You can also, um, you can watch Natsume Eugene Show. It's spelled N-A-T-S-U-M-E space Y-U-U-J-I-N-C-H-O-U. <laughs> and if you don't know how to spell that, just Natsume's Book of Friends. <laughs> Natsume's Book of Friends will work just fine. Uh, you can watch it on various streaming platforms. Uh, it's not on Netflix or Hulu, but it's pretty easy to find. So if, if you want to, you don't have to. This is honestly, this is just me talking about it. But if you want to, you know, I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> or at least try something new for my sake. Do something, you know, try that one new show you've been thinking about or like go on a hike or something. Just do it. Okay. For me. <laughs> okay. That is it for my very first episode of Hidden Hobbies. If you have an interest or perhaps a hidden hobby you'd like to share and be a part of one of the future shows, you can message me on the Hidden Hobbies Twitter page, which you should also follow, at Hidden Hobbies RS, capital H and Hidden, capital H and Hobbies, capital R, capital S. Or you can email me at hiddenhobbiesrs at gmail.com. Just a little reminder, Hidden Hobbies will be airing every Monday at 6 p.m., so be sure to listen in. And hopefully we'll have a guest next time. Hopefully. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for now. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful night. Enjoy your week. Thank you so, so much.